Welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Rice. This is the show that's all about taking your health, body, and life to the next level. Before we get to today's interview with our guest, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Natural Stacks. If you've been listening to this show for a while, then you know how sketchy supplement companies can be. Well, Natural Stacks puts all the ingredients on their labels, no proprietary blends. They post customer reviews on their websites and post the science that they use to formulate their supplements. And I'll tell you what, I am taking their performance stack, their, the physical performance stack, the uh, branch chain amino acids, the biocreatine and the natural protein, and I'm loving the results. I've recommended a few different physical performance products in the past, but this particular stack is a winner. And if you want to try some of the best supplements on the planet from a company that has you in mind, that has the same values that we have here at Legendary Life, integrity, honesty, transparency, authenticity, then go to naturalstacks.com, type in my name, Ted Rice at checkout, all capital letters, no space, T-E-D-R-Y-C-E, and you'll receive a 15% discount on every single supplement on their site. On to today's interview, and I gotta tell you, you're in for a treat. I have Abel James, host of the Fat Burning Man podcast and author of The Wild Diet on today, and we're going to dive into his book, The Wild Diet, what you can learn about how to eat better, what the difference is between the paleo diet and the wild diet, why you may not want to be so strictly paleo, what Abel does for exercise and what he recommends for people regarding exercise. And I got to tell you something. I recently watched Abel on the reality TV show, My Diet is Better Than Yours. It's like a weight loss show. And I got to tell you, I hate those shows like the biggest loser, but there was something different about my diet is better than yours. And I watched the entire season with Giselle. It was about trainers or actually people who had a diet book and they were putting it to the test. And they were not only putting the content, their information, their, their approach to nutrition to the test, but they also put their coaching to the test. And I talked to Abel about his experience on it. And it's something that everyone should watch because you see how some of the people like Abel and a couple others who are very science-based and they do their best to bring real information, science-backed information to help people. And then you see some straight up guru people who uh, try some crazy things, and I'm, I'm not going to spoil it for you if you haven't watched it already. It's available, I'm sure, on Hulu. Uh, you can probably see it even on YouTube now. You'll learn a lot about fitness, the fitness world, and trainers and, and book authors from watching it. Abel's going to give us his perspective about what it was like to be in that show. And lastly, Abel is a really good dude. I spoke to him before we hopped on and started recording. And I got to tell you, you're going to love this show. Enough talk. Let's get to the interview with Abel James. Abel James, aka the fat burning man. Welcome to the Legendary Life Podcast. Thanks for having me, Ted. I'm excited to have you on. We've already been chatting up a storm and sharing stories and uh, man, it is just a pleasure to finally connect with you. I feel like this is months in the making. Totally. I'm stoked to be here. You put on a great show and I can't wait to start digging deep here. Yeah, absolutely. And Abel, I know who you are. I've watched all every single episode of uh, my diet is better than yours. The the reality TV show that you were on recently. I've been following you for a while. Listen to your show, The Fat Burning Man. But for those people who may not be familiar with what you do, could you just briefly introduce yourself? Of course, yeah. My my story is a long and winding road, but I'll start where uh, I hit rock bottom, which is where most people, you know, kind of need to go before they start turning their lives around, uh, for better or worse. But for me. Uh, I, I always tried to be healthy, and in fact, my mom's a holistic nurse practitioner. I grew up in the backwoods of New Hampshire, so we were eating from the backyard and, and wild uh, fruits and vegetables and, and herbs growing up. And of course, you know, I, I kind of sped through 
school type A personality, uh, went to Dartmouth, had to pay off my own loans. And so I took a big fancy job and um, thought I was needed to be bigger and better than the place that I came from, you know? And, and so I decided to, this is the first time in my life I had um, really good health insurance, which meant that I could use the traditional Western system of medicine that my mother had warned me <laughs> about so many times and really double down on it. And, uh, and so I did everything from uh, getting surgery on my, my right hand, which, you know, at the time may or may not have been necessary at all, uh, to, you know, I would go in every week or two to the doctor's office to get my blood work done and uh, try to follow his advice as, as best I could to make sure that I was getting healthy and, and also preventing uh, my family's history of um, basically high blood pressure, gaining weight as you age, uh, turning into obesity or prediabetes, uh, things like that, that, that just kind of happened to everyone. I wanted to make sure that we nipped that in the bud. So over the course of the next like six months and, and leading up to a year, by following that advice, which was basically avoid red meat, avoid saturated fat, cholesterol, and uh, make sure that you keep running. I was running like 30 miles a week. Uh, you know, five, five miles was a typical run for me because I thought if I stopped, I'd get fat. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, after falling, going on my first diet of my life, by the end of that year, I was on a half dozen different prescription medications. My tri triglycerides were through the roof. Uh, I had a big puffy gut and stubborn fat that I that I couldn't get rid of. And I was, you know, running as hard as I could. I was uh, really dieting harder than ever and, and kind of starving myself in a way. I was always hungry and hangry if I didn't get food immediately. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then for me, it uh, I was at that point and then I came home one night um, and my apartment building had had burned down and I lost everything. Uh, and having gone through some rough stuff in my life before, I realized that I kind of needed a project to get me through it, to look forward uh, to the future. And I realized that the advice that I was following about my health was completely wrong. When I saw my reflection in the mirror, I was, uh, oh, basically I looked like I was middle-aged and completely out of shape. And I knew that I was working harder than ever. And it, it didn't appear to be working <laughs> anymore, uh, if it ever had at all. So I kind of decided to make that my project. Let's take my health back. Um, and, and over the course of the next few months, I really did research on physiology and, uh, kind of reconnected with, with my mom as well, who's into holistic nutrition and alternative health and completely turned my health around. Didn't need any of the medications, uh, over the course of the next few months, my triglycerides, blood work, fantastic. All of a sudden I, you know, my blood work looks 10, 20 years younger and I was eating better than I ever had in my entire life. I was basically, uh, I, I fell in love with fatty foods again and um, approached nutrition in a completely different way uh, where I'm not starving myself or eating diet foods or listening to what the running magazines were telling me I should eat and, and chugging Gatorade and eating those ridiculous little sugar cubes and stuff like that. Like basically, I was able to get rid of all the products and prescriptions, eat in a natural way, and it completely turned my life around. So I started uh, my podcast and started writing books about uh, nutrition and lifestyle and, and fitness as well to help other people take their health into their own hands again because of so many of us, you know, I, I was trying to be healthy and in fact by by trying hard to do that and following the wrong advice, it made me unhealthy. And I think that that's, I share that story because it's a common one, not because I'm special, but because, you know, the, the looking at the numbers now, at least five to seven of us out of 10, according to some estimates, you know, like at least 50% of people are taking at least one prescription medication every single day. And a lot of people are, are on at least a half dozen of them, uh, and that's expensive, and I don't think that we should need to be medicated, uh, every single one of us, all the time. <laughs> that's, that's not a good precedent to, to set, especially as childhood obesity is skyrocketing recently. So important, Abel, and I love that you bring that up. And to your point, you have a picture on your website, on your about page, it says same genes, different results. And I'd love to get into that more, but before that, you said you lost everything in a fire. And from the way you said it, it means you didn't have insurance. You literally lost everything. <laughs> I had insurance, but they denied that uh, 
I ever had insurance and said that I needed to prove it. But obviously it burned it in the fire. That was a whole oh. other fight. So it was like, yeah, you also get kicked when you're down, as it turns out. It's even to the extent, which was funny now, but was not funny at the time, that I went to three different post office offices, waited an hour plus in those lines, going from one to another, looking for a post office box. And I'd, so I'd wait in the line. They're just like, oh, yeah, sorry, we don't have one, but you can go to this other place. And they do. By the third one, you know, I'd, I'd spent all day doing this. And I said, can I get a post office box? Because I needed all this legal documentation to prove that my place burned down, right? Otherwise, they still charge me for my cable bill and internet and all this other stuff. Like, it was crazy. And uh, by the time I got the last one, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, uh, you don't have a permanent address? I'm like, no, it burned down. They're like, well, <laughs> then you can't get a post office box. Oh. And I just, like, I almost collapsed right there. You know, this, it was just, I was stuck in, bet in between uh, the system, you know, the cracks in the system kind of falling through. And it, it gave me so much compassion for uh, so many other people out there who unfortunately are struggling financially or, you know, with some traumatic event. And it's really hard to pick yourself back up out of that and, and be better for it. But I, I believe that by giving yourself that, that kind of DIY project of your own health, <laughs> that can completely turn your life around because once you have your energy back, once you have your health back, then other things in your life just seem to happen automatically because you have multiples of energy that other people do um, because you're not struggling anymore. You have your life back. And, and so that's, that's what really, you know, at the time I was working in uh, strategy consulting, which paid really well, but I wasn't passionate about it. Um, and when I went through this own, my own transformation, I was really mad because it, it, took about a month or so and I lost more than 20 pounds and went from being, you know, schlubby and, and very um, low energy and having a lot of issues from, you know, kidney stones to bad blood work to being, you know, a young buck in his prime again and super athletic, like being able to build muscle and do all these things that I always wanted to do. It came relatively easily once I started following the right advice and, and got rid of all of the myths and misinformation that's out there in the nutrition uh, industry and especially in the in the health industry as well oddly enough so true and Abel thanks so much for sharing that I always appreciate it when you're vulnerable when the guests are vulnerable because I know there's people who are in a tight spot a tough situation right now who may not see the light at the end of the tunnel right. Like you now, you looking back, you're able to laugh at it. If I, I'm like you said, you wouldn't be laughing at, about it at that no. moment or slightly <laughs> after. So talk to talk to us a little bit about where where you were. I mean, and what changed in your mindset, and why? How did you discover that health and fitness was the key. Why, why did you decide to do that? I mean, obviously you're out of shape, but walk us through your thinking there. Yeah. Well, for me, when I first started, uh, I've always loved writing and, um, I've been a songwriter for a long time as well and a, and a musician. So that's writing has always been something that, that I love to do. So I was blogging way back in, you know, 2005, six, seven and eight, some about health, some about, you know, technology and, and, and entrepreneurial stuff. And uh, I studied brain science and psychology. So I love the, the mental aspect of all of this. But health really stuck out to me, number one, because I, I experienced what happens when you're totally hitting rock bottom from a health perspective and everything seems to go wrong. You know, uh, even something as simple as kidney stones for me, I, I, you know, couldn't get out of bed for days. And when that happens to you, you know, your life kind of, you, you see your life go away. All the things that you wanted to do aren't there anymore. It's kind of like, you know, you're not that thankful for just being normal and, and healthy most of the time. You take it for granted until you get a sore throat and you're like, this is the worst thing ever. How did I forget <laughs> how bad it is to not be able to swallow, <laughs> you know? But so having a taste of that uh, and then also noticing that, uh, that it happened to me. Like I didn't, I didn't really think that I would get fat. You know, I was always athletic growing up. I was always a, a healthy guy. I, I'm very health conscious and I care. And then, um, looking around, especially when I was working in, in consulting my first real job, 
most people are, you know, carrying an extra 20, 30 plus pounds. Uh, they're on some prescription medication. They, they go to the doctor all the time. They're listening to uh, their advice or they're, they're reading the magazines that are owned by supplement companies or they're reading, they're getting their information from all these places that are leading them to be consumers uh, or, or indebted to the system, not independent whole people. And I believe that if you don't have your health, you can't really uh, make a big dent in this world because you don't have enough energy for it or your energy is directed to, to dealing with whatever problem you're struggling with. But when you have that, when you put it first, all of a sudden you can, like one of my favorite stories that I see with people is not that they lose you know, 20, 50, even 100 pounds, but that they completely revisit what they're doing with their life after that happens because they're like, oh my God, this is what it feels like. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to you know, learn how to speak a new language or play an instrument or do something else, like really be there for your kids in a way that you weren't before. That's the thing that really gets me excited uh, about all of this. And, and for me, when I was working in, in consulting and doing that uh, blogging around health and also when I started podcasting, I would get these emails. You know, I was working with Fortune 500 organizations, some of the top in the world, working with the federal government. And I would get these emails that are just like, all right, we need to have a meeting on Tuesday about the meeting that we have to have on Thursday to talk about the agenda for the next thing we're doing two weeks from now. Ugh. And comparing that to you know, what I just described, someone who said, Abel, oh my God, I found your podcast. And not only have I, you know, gotten rid of what, you know, X problem, but also my family has as well. And we've grown so much in the past few months just listening to you. And uh, even though I wasn't making any money from it um, for the first few years when I was, when I was doing all of this health stuff, I realized that that was the thing that I really needed to dedicate my time to uh, because there was passion there. And I knew also that having, having experienced one of the low parts of health, that it's something I need to keep my eye on for the rest of my life. So you, whenever you're asking yourself what you want to do with your life, you have to be able to say, okay, I, I kind of want to do this for the rest of my life. You know, that's, you want to play long ball with all this. You don't want to go for some quick little thing that you're going to be excited about for a little while. And uh, for me, health is always going to be something that's going to be taking up a huge part of my life anyway. And so I figured I might as well just double down on that and, and help other people with theirs. I'm listening with a big smile on my face. <laughs> Obviously, I'm 100% into that idea. And what I love about that story, that perspective, is if you look at Men's Health Magazine or some of the other magazines, it's all about lose 20 pounds right away or get yeah. six-pack abs or, because you're a loser if you don't. And right. what you said was it's about having the energy to do what you want and also clearing out the brain fog that mm -hmm. happens when you're unhealthy and you start to realize what you truly want to do. You get excited about life again. Man, that's I'm pumped just listening to that. Now I'd like to dive into how you... Well, well before we dive into how you figured out the, uh, you know, how you came to develop a wild diet and all that. I know there's more than one person listening right now who is listening to probably some other source of health information that's telling them that your, your diet should be 60% carbohydrates. And if you're, yeah. if you have diabetes, it should be 50% and you should go running and you should do all these things and they're not getting results and they're blaming themselves right. for it. How do you get people to start to realize it's there's nothing you are special, but you're not that special. If you do the right things, <laughs> yeah. you get the right results. It's really that simple. How do you get people to to across that gap? Yeah, well, I think that really comes from belief. And when I first started, uh, one of the things that really had helped me is I had I have an older brother, and he went from being. Um, Addicted to heroin, actually. Uh, this was much. When I was much younger, uh, and and uh, really struggling with his own health and, and all sorts of different things. Um, he was he was I think about 150 pounds at that point. He's a few inches taller than me, so probably around six feet. And over the course of the next few months, he watched Pumping Iron, that you know the legendary sure Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and he saw you know all of these guys get big and bulky. 
And so he decided, that's cool. I want to do that. And I watched him over the next like six months go to well over 220 pounds of, uh, you know, basically just using <laughs> very simple nutrition and, uh, and, and, you know, he has this little log cabin in the woods and he brought a bench into it and had some weights on it. He did like zero cardio. You know, and I was always running and, and doing all this other stuff to make sure I didn't get fat or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I saw – so that was always in my mind. I didn't understand it at the time and I was, I was pretty young. But um, I think you need that thing where you see something uh, and it, 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 it like flips a switch in your head where you're like, oh, that's possible? I guess maybe it's not impossible for me to change either because if you've already – like if you told yourself this story – like I did, you know, that I was the pudgy kid. I was always the pudgy brother, especially before I went through puberty. I had these, you know, chipmunk cheeks and this little gut and was kind of round and rotund, whatever. I played the clarinet, was totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you tell yourself that story, then you're just like, well, these are my genetics and this is, you know, what it is. And I'll try to stay in shape or whatever, whatever that means, right? Uh, but when you see, and I think this happened for a lot of people when they watched, uh, you know, that ABC show that I was on, my diet. When they saw Kurt, who is the guy I was working with, he starts out at 352 pounds and he's 52% body fat. More than half of his body is fat. And um, you know, not only that, but in the past year, his medical bills were $1.2 million uh, and covered by insurance, you know, but uh, you need to oftentimes work a job and too many hours of it in order to afford that. So uh, in, in that instance when you see someone go from that place of, of suffering and ill health to skip ahead 14 weeks, he's lost 87 pounds, almost 100 pounds, lost 22 percentage points of his body fat, so down to less than 30 percent body fat, looks, you know, like 15 years younger. When you see something like that, that flip, that, that switch can be flipped in your own head to say, no matter where I am, I can, I can be better. I can be in better health. I can have more energy. And um, now it, it takes another big shift to actually get there, though, because the biggest uh, thing that you need to get over is that that shift in your worldview where it's like for me, I was trusting the running magazines, uh, you know, the, the big magazines that you've heard of and, and, and websites and that sort of thing to get my health information. I was trusting, um, you know, traditional Western medicine for diet advice, which is many, many years outdated. And at this point, I don't want to get into it now, but the wrong information. When you take someone who has been trying really hard, but following the wrong information, <laughs> it's actually quite straightforward to get them results because all you need to do is shift what they're following to the right information, to the, the right principles and all of a sudden they start getting results. You can't take someone who doesn't want to be healthy or, or really isn't that interested, doesn't have that powerful why. You can't get them to transform usually because you need to believe that it's possible, number one, and you need to really commit to it. You need to develop a why you want to do all this. Why is it worth it? And then usually for most people, you also need to make it a part of your identity because you can be ostracized for being different or eating differently. You know, so like the first true. time I ate... The first time I ate vegetables in front of my guy friends, they're like, are you kidding me? You're getting a salad, you know? And, uh, and, and so at the beginning of the experience, you need to know that that's probably coming from your, from your family, friends, people who are well-meaning even will question what you do if it's a little bit different. Um, but over the course of time, you know, those same friends who were poking fun of me and uh, really giving me a hard time at the beginning, over the course of those few months, you know, when they saw my health completely transformed, transform where all of a sudden I have the body like Brad Pitt or Wolverine or whatever or in the movies 300 they're like wait a second so you uh you didn't eat the chips and you ordered this so I'll have what he's having <laughs> <You know? laughs> it starts to turn into that and that's that's the inspiring thing that's the journey is you go from a place where your worldview is just kind of taking whatever information or misinformation comes from the stream of media and and uh and changing a little bit, realizing that your health is your own responsibility and being a little bit more careful with what information you trust. Love that information. Love that perspective. And so true. And you brought up, Kurt, you brought up my diet is better than yours. The reality show that you were on. 
And it's a show that I encourage everyone to watch because you see different people, different trainers or, or authors of, of diet books show up and actually put the diet to the test with a real person instead of marketing. And Abel, your guy lost a ton of weight. As you said, he completely changed his health. It was just the, it, it was so great to see that compared to the biggest loser, which uh, yeah. is just a sad show in so many ways. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what the show is from your perspective? And, and then we'll get into talking a little bit about what went on. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the show uh, is on ABC and you can watch it now on, on Hulu and even YouTube. You can find it all over the place at this point. But basically the premise is uh, they, the show matches up uh, five people who have about 100 pounds to lose and are really struggling with their health uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, which is one of the worst places to eat <laughs> you know, when it comes to healthy food anyway. Uh, they take those folks and set them up with uh, five celebrity uh, trainers or coaches that they work with um, to try to get their health back and and also lose lose weight. So it's measured by body fat loss and and weight loss, but they're also tracking um, biomarkers as well. So looking at the the health of the heart and, and various things throughout the show, and comparing the results between different people. Now the twist is the uh, the people who have the weight to lose. They call them the contestants. They can eliminate their trainer anytime they want to. So if they either don't like the um, the results that they're getting or they're not getting good enough results or if they don't trust their trainer or if they don't even like their trainer uh, or, or coach, then they can get rid of them. So <laughs> that makes it pretty interesting to watch because there are a lot of different approaches uh, and uh, I, I tried to make mine the most logical on the show and I think it definitely came off that way and uh, use it <laughs> usually not on a reality show trying to be educational, but I really... <laughs> wanted to do my best to do that and it, I think it came out really well because uh, Kurt just I, I have to give him all the credit in the world we became like family throughout this process but he believed in me um, I don't want to say from the beginning but after that first week you know because he was you know there was a uh, I'm gonna eat burgers and lose weight right and put butter <laughs> in my coffee and yeah. He was the only one who was eating delicious food and, and fatty <laughs> food. We threw a dessert party uh, through, throughout it, and uh, he was eating some red meat, but not a ton of it. I mean, like you don't really see us eat vegetables on the show because it's TV or whatever, and, and it's very much edited, and people should understand that. But uh, he was eating so much better than anyone else on the show, and th to the extent that they were really getting after him uh, off camera for that because they were so jealous just kind of starving in the corner or, or shivering because they're on an all liquid diet for a week or something. Uh, and oh, yeah, I, I remember help. that person. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the, the smoothie diet or whatever. And the girl did not, she actually gained a pound or, or didn't lose anything. Yeah, it was not yeah, good. It's, it's pretty, uh, it's amazing because I have seen people get results in all sorts of different ways. But sure. like you said, we're, we're all unique, absolutely. We're biochemically unique and we're all individuals, but there are certain fundamental principles that, that work pretty much across the board. And once you know uh, what those are, then it gets a lot more straightforward when you want to help someone else transform their own body. And it doesn't have to be complicated. I think people who are, who are listening, myself included, when I was you know, a consumer of health information, I felt like everyone was just trying to make it as complicated as possible. So, you know, you listen to something <laughs> for an hour and you're like, oh, my God, I didn't learn a single thing. But actually, before I get ahead of myself, I'll just say this. What the plate looks like for the wild diet is mostly vegetables, especially the kind that grow above the ground. So think salad greens are wonderful. But but any sort of colorful vegetable is what you Abel, sorry, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty there, but you were telling us about what the wild diet is, what it looks like on the plate. So if you could please continue in, in sharing that. Totally. Yeah. So most people, they'll uh, listen to a lot of nutrition information or read a lot of health books, diet books, and that sort of thing. And everyone's saying the opposite about what you should be eating. But there are some fundamentals that are just almost always true. And, and one thing that serves 
basically everyone out there is, is to look at your plate like this. Instead of making grains the base of the food pyramid, the, uh, the pillars of everything that you're eating, make vegetables that. Make the number one thing that you eat, especially salad greens, colorful vegetables, anything that grows above the ground is going to be a huge win. And uh, you want to eat, like I try to get my veggies in every day. It's just like one simple principle that I, uh, even if I'm traveling, I try to make a part of my eating plan. That's how rubber meets the road and you keep your health. I've, I've interviewed at this point over 200 of, the, of some of the top people in health. And that's one of the very few things that they all share in common. So make your plate mostly vegetables. Um, now, when you're talking about protein, you want to make sure that it's high quality. And uh, there's plenty of low quality like protein powders and, and junk out there in processed food. You don't need to take protein supplements or what have you. You can if you want to, but make your plate like this. Uh, if you're getting protein from an animal, make sure that animal was healthy, raised on its natural diet, what I call their wild diet. So if it's a, um, if it's a chicken, for example, then the best quality chicken you can get is that from a chicken raised on pasture, eating its natural diet of uh, the little things that are in the grass and not necessarily GMO grains, which is what they uh, feed most commercialized factory farmed animals. Now, the reason to do that is because you get a lot more in, uh, a lot more nutrition from the uh, animals that are actually healthy. When you eat sick animals, you're getting a lot of toxins. You're you're basically increasing your own toxic load. So, whether it's chicken, cows, or fish, go for wild pasture raised best case scenario. Best case scenario, but do the best you can. So, protein should make up about uh, you know a palm size portion would be great for almost anyone out there. You want to get enough protein, but you don't need to overeat it. For most people, you know, around like 70 grams a day, sometimes more than that can be good, but you don't need the like 200, 300, 400 grams of protein that you read about in a lot of the bodybuilding, fitness magazines, things like that. You don't need any of those those supplements. There are some that are very useful, but usually those aren't, aren't, the, aren't the ones that are advertised to you. Um, and then so the, the rest of your plate should also be a little bit of fat, uh, and a health, healthy fats aren't margarine. They're not the fake fats that we were told should replace butter and things like that. The healthiest fats are, in fact, the ones that we've been eating for thousands of years without issue. Uh, and some of them even come from animals. But like I said, you want them to be healthy animals. So if it's butter, do your best to get pasture-raised or grass-fed butter, which has more nutrients in it and less junk than the cheapo butter. Uh, or And certainly the margarine, which is a fake fat and trans fats are extremely damaging to our health. Uh, other great fat options, coconut, olive, plant-based fats are, are wonderful as long as they haven't been manipulated by a man or machine. So we're talking an old-fashioned diet, fundamentals, the way that's, that's closest to uh, the way that our ancestors were eating, and also not terribly afraid of starch or, um, or carbs. So uh, technically, vegetables are carbs. So a lot of people say that this is a low-carb type diet, but not really. It's a high fiber diet. We're eating a lot more fiber than, than most people do, which is technically a carb. And we're staying away from added sugars, processed foods, which are like processed flours, super high glycemic, raise your blood pressure um, instantaneously when you eat something like a hyper-processed uh, whole wheat bread, for instance. But when you're talking about starch, some is great for most people. And you can scale it up. The more active you are, the higher your metabolism is. Metabolism is and some great starch options would be uh, sweet potato. We also like quinoa and rice, especially if we've been, especially if we've been uh, physically active um, recently. And since we're younger and have higher metabolisms, there are certain things that you can do where you can turn the dial a little bit. But very simply, eat mostly veggies every day. Make sure you're getting the highest quality food you possibly can, and stay away from the junk. If you do that, then most prescription medications. Um, especially those that, that treat um, you know, high blood pressure, cholesterol, and things like that, a lot of people find that they don't need them anymore. That was, that was the case uh, in my circumstance. When I changed my diet, all of a sudden, all these numbers that were off went to what they should be. And, uh, and that's what so many people experience when you start eating real food instead of the diet foods and the processed junk and all of those. You know, the biggest number one win that most people can get if they want to just toss something out is get rid of added sugars and added, you know, processed flours, which are basically the same thing as 
as sugar in your diet. So if you're eating uh, whole wheat breads or, or white breads, they're basically the same thing unless you're getting sprouted wheats and really old-fashioned hearty stuff, which you won't find on normal grocery store shelf. So you kind of have to get yourself out of the factory farm system of eating that most of us have, the commercial industrial uh, eating system, and, and go for the small farms, fresh food, slow food, and that's what it's all about. When you do that, you'll find that food is more filling, tastes so much better, and gives you a ton more energy. But you really have to try it before you believe any of it. <laughs> so I try yeah. to make it simple. When you're looking at your plate, that's what it should look like. Oh, no, Abel, I, I just read from this guru that, yeah, you so beautifully and simply stated, right? And so many people get get sucked into the marketing world, really, and thinking that yeah. they need to have these specially formulated processed diet foods to get to where they want. And what you said, it's so simple to, to understand. I, I would just add in there, make sure you're moving a lot and exercise. Yes, of and, and, and I want to ask you about what, how you exercise and, and what you get people doing, uh, because I know less about that than I know about your approach with, with nutrition, but, um, it's so simple, man. Thanks. Thanks for being a person who's spreading this message and saying, Whoa, no, it's so complicated. You have to pay me thousands of right. dollars for me to figure. No, Abel just gave you the the key he gave you the template to follow and if you do that even if you're eating a bit too much you're still going to get better results because you're yeah. eating all this whole food oh man i just i love hearing that um abel i do want to ask you a few things because i know you're a big fan of intermittent fasting or yeah. at least you used to be um not sure where you stand on that but before we get to that you mentioned ancestral health what would you say is the difference between the wild diet and the paleo diet? Yeah, it, it's a great question and one I get fairly often because you'll see me, you know, speaking at, at paleo conferences and certainly in ancestral health circles. And I come to this really from treating the body as an animal, as a wild animal in a lot of ways. When you look at how you should be feeding something, there are principles that you should follow um, to, to adequately meet its uh, nutrition. And so if you're talking about uh, feeding your dog, you want to make sure it's getting the right macronutrients and, and all the right nutrients. Same goes with, with humans. So I come to this, I studied uh, brain science and, and evolutionary psychology as well. That was my first book. So I kind of come to this from the evolutionary perspective uh, and also kind of the, the academic perspective. But when you're talking about a popular diet like paleo. At this point, um, it becomes problematic because it's really, it's a leap now from where it started. Uh, about five years ago when I was really active with a lot of other paleo folks and, and going to a lot of the conferences and, and working closely with them, paleo was a small countercultural, countercultural um, uh, group of crazy health nuts. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and it, that was combined uh, with ancestral uh, health, which, uh, you know, the, one of the first conferences I went to was at Harvard and, and very academic in the approach. What you see now, though, is that paleo has kind of gotten a bit out of control. A lot of uh, companies have come and co tried to commercialize it because it's such a popular thing. And, and so what you find is like you walk into Whole Foods and there are these paleo bars that are 100 percent paleo that have like 30 grams of sugar in them, even though they're, you know, a processed food in a processed bar, it's totally paleo because all these foods, foods, cave you know, were eat. eaten by cavemen and yeah. like honey, honey <laughs> is okay on the paleo diet. So have as much as you want. That is not at all what we're doing here. And so, you know, with a wild diet, one of the reasons I, I call it that is because wild represents nature. And instead of trying to one up nature and say, I'm better than you or smarter than you come, come to face the fact that as humans, we are outmatched. <laughs> like mm. We will not beat nature or overcome it. We need to work with it in order to get our health back. And so when you nourish your body with real food, uh, when, when you basically build the plate that I was talking about, that, that starts to happen over the course of time. By doing that regularly, by giving, your food the, by giving yourself the food and nutrients that you need, your health can turn around. But if you're trying to follow some diet, uh, that becomes problematic because a lot of times it's co-opted, you know, Atkins, uh, the South Beach, 
all of a sudden you start seeing this stuff being sold directly next to Lay's potato chips in the grocery store. And as, as soon as you see that, that is not the food you should be eating. That is something I'm, I'm 100% against. And oddly enough, when I go to some of these paleo conferences now, I wouldn't eat like 70, 80% of the stuff that they're selling. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but at the same time, I love that the message is getting out there. It can be, uh, you know, hopefully the idea of ancestral health. It doesn't mean you have to eat like a caveman at all. That's not what it means. Uh, it means that we should get away from industrial food and start eating real food again. So you kind of find different camps within the paleo world, but the popularized paleo diet that you hear about in media is not, not at all like what, what we do and how we eat every day, which is much more of a, a whole foods-based approach that's not about a, a list of foods that you can eat and a list of foods that you can't. It's more about principles of how to fine-tune your nutrition over the course, course of your life and, and give you the tools to navigate it on your own instead of saying, eat this, don't eat this forever. You know, I love it, man. And, and you know, it's, it's such great distinctions between what you do and uh, well, the issues that you said with paleo, and I'm right with you. I'm, I'm glad it's around than it never being around. Um, even though, uh, interesting story, I learned from a guy named Paul Check. I, I, I did oh, his yeah. internship. Uh, I, in, in early 2000s, I did his holistic lifestyle course. He was paleo and into Weston Price thing way before Lauren oh. Cordain did his book right. and Rob Wolf. Um, you know, it was so interesting. And then I saw everybody doing that. I'm like, I've been doing this stuff for years, guys. Right. I mean, you know, it was just funny, but they found a way to really get that message out to the mainstream. And, and I'm definitely happy that happened. Um, but man, I love what you're saying, Abel, because you've been through, you were part of that community. You've, you've found this way. And also I heard something, I heard you say something in an interview, really interesting. You said, the the wild diet is actually a cookbook uh, that is you know masquerading as a diet book, and I think right. that's so key. Can you talk about why that is? Yes, absolutely. Because I mean, even if you if you Google Abel James, you'll see me shirtless more often than I'd like. But the way, the usually what happens is people need to find health. They need to find a reason for being healthy. And, and in a lot of cases, people who are brand new to this, coming from the mainstream, for example, um, they're trying to do it to lose 10, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, or, or what have you. Maybe get a little bit more fit for some event. But, uh, and, and also, you know, when you're putting out a book with a major pu publisher like mine, which is the biggest in the world, you kind of have to play some games to make sure you get your book out there in the way that you want to, and you have to make some concessions as well. So, uh, the wild diet was agreed to be the title, but at the beginning of my book, I define what diet is supposed to mean, which is the foods that you habitually eat or an animal habitually eats. That's what a diet is. It's not something where you're starving yourself and only eating cabbage for two months. <laughs> you know, that's not what a diet is. So, the cabbage um, diet, right? Exactly. The cabbage soup diet. Ugh. Right. And even so, if, if you look at my brand, Fat Burning Man is a ridiculous name that when you look closely actually starts to make a lot of sense. But you have to, you know, kind of come in for the, the abs in some cases. I learned this from the industry itself and from Mark Sisson a little bit. But um, the people might come for a superficial reason, uh, but stay because of the health. Stay because the food is great. The lifestyle is worth it. Um, and so it's it's, you know, as someone who's in the health industry, which is a, a, a very unsettling industry in a lot of cases that burned me from the beginning, uh, I, I realized at the beginning that people don't click on pictures of kale. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they don't necessarily buy books that say, this is how to get your health back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I like playing on words. Like I said, I'm, I'm a songwriter, so sometimes I'll um, try to get people in uh, and then convince them to stay there with something that's completely different. You know, that's, that's much more about health and lifestyle and habits because that's what I'm really into. And so The Wild Diet as a book is uh, it's 50 or, or uh, around 50 of some of our best recipes uh, from, from my family um, and my wife's family. We, we took some of these old family recipes for comfort food like chicken parmesan and uh, red velvet cupcakes and, and pancakes and things like that and remade them with real food. Uh, and also provide a lot of different um, 
things to get started as far as making your own meal plan goes with very simple foods that you probably already have in your fridge. And we try to make like, like I said, I don't want to make this complicated. I want this book to be the full story of basically everything you need to know about nutrition. It's not rocket science. No matter what nutritionists try to tell you, nutritionists mm-hmm. know very little about nutrition in my experience. It's like the more credentials credentials you have. In a lot of cases, it takes you more down this system that doesn't allow you to say anything uh, that hasn't been covered by 10, 20, 30 years of research, which is problematic in its own uh you know, research can be problematic if you're leaning on it because it's usually behind the time. So being able to just get out there and say what needs to be said, like remember when Rocky was chasing chickens around the backyard to stay fit? Like that's what it's about. As long as you get out there and you're moving, you don't need the perfect 11-minute exercise with like all these different complicated circuits or power lifts or what have you. You can do it if you want to, but get out there, get moving, eat your vegetables, and it doesn't have to be much more complicated than that. And so to make that more palatable for people, uh, you know, I try to make sure that if you are going to eat your veggies, we're going to make this super fun. You get to eat your cheesecake too, right? Like you need need to make it fun. And uh, so we try to just make quick and simple recipes for people uh, that they can put together at home to help convince them that it it is worth it. This food is delicious. In fact, it's a lot more delicious than whatever processed junk you were probably eating before. And you feel so much better that it's it's worth it for a lifetime. And once you try some of, uh, like my buddy George Bryant, he makes a killer pork shoulder recipe, pulled pork in a crock pot that's super easy, comes together in minutes. And a lot of my other friends, you know, they're, they're cookbook authors and stuff like that. So we've learned a few tricks to make delicious food really easy. And that's what uh, you really need to learn how to do if you want to take your health into your own hands is pre- prepare your own food very simply at home and all of a sudden you'll have control of your nutrition and you don't have to worry about eating all this junk anymore. Oh, so well said. Did you watch uh, the Michael Pollan cooked? I did. Yes. Such did. great. And he said this is something very similar. He's like, hey, you want cupcakes? Fine. Make them yourself. But yeah. it takes hours to do that and to make everything by hand. And if you simply just did what Abel is saying, you are going to have control of your health. You're going to have control of the ingredients that you put in to every single meal that you eat. And I can't wait to try out the wild diet. I need to get a copy of that because I've been playing around with some different recipes. I, I need to change it up. And the pork shoulder just really caught my attention. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to get does. your book. I'm going to try some recipes and I'll do a, a, a follow-up on it. But I'll so, so <laughs> Oh, I appreciate that, Abel. Of course. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I have a thing. If you could autograph it, I just... I think that's oh, yeah. so cool. Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> I will never <laughs> want uh, Kim Kardashian or Kanye's or pretty much any <laughs> celebrity out there's autograph, but yeah. a guy who's putting out great information like you, I'm all about it. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you're trying to change the world, and I respect that. So, uh, And I'm trying to do the same my own way. So, Abel, um, man, if, if you're listening... Make sure you rewind that and listen to Abel's explanation of how you should eat because it's just brilliant and simple and you can do it. But Abel, I'd love to get into exercise now. Um, you know, I've been in the exercise industry for a long time, but I'm always curious how people like yourself, what you get people to do because like you said, with nutrition, there's many different ways to get results. You found something that works for yourself and so many other people, uh, including Kurt from the My Diet is Better Than Yours show. What do you do for exercise? How do you recommend people start to exercise? What do you have them do? What do you do? Yeah, great, great questions. Exercise is a very important part of, of my life, but not for the reasons uh, that it used to be. <laughs> you know, I used to be trying to outrun getting fat, which I think if people are really honest with why they're exercising, that's what they're doing. They want to, you know, get in shape, lose a few pounds. And actually that's, that's the wrong reason to exercise. The right reason is because it makes your brain work better. It makes your body work better. It gives you more energy. Uh, it, it, you know, and there are physiological reasons for that, like circulating lymph 
throughout your system allows you to clear out the the waste that builds up over the course of the night in the morning. You know, so every morning I take my dog for a walk, or uh, I'll do. Um, sometimes I'll go out and do a fun run, which is just like you know three miles at a very easy pace with my dog, um, and or with my wife sometimes as well. And and a fun run is quite different from what I used to used to do when I was running marathons and, and running in school and that sort of thing, which is basically punishing yourself, right? Just gunning it as hard as you can and, and sucking wind the whole time. It doesn't have to be like that, especially not for extended periods of time. So every day I'm doing uh, at least two walks, usually with, with a dog, or if I'm, I'm traveling, I'll do a walk by myself for myself to get everything moving. And you want to do that every day. I, say, I, I tell people it doesn't have to be more complicated than this. Break a sweat every day. Preferably doing something you love, you know, but, mm. but as simple as uh, going for, for a walk. But when you start to combine that simple principle with some things that can improve your overall fitness, that's when it gets really interesting. So um, I am a big fan of strength training, uh, which is basically anything where you're encountering resistance or pushing weight, lifting, lifting something heavy. So for me, uh, I like kettlebells and uh, free weights, but I hardly ever uh, go to any gyms. Even if I'm traveling, I'll usually just uh, work out. Right now, I'm actually in, I'm in a tiny little bedroom studio, and there's a kettlebell next to me and a couple of free weights next to me. And so I'll just do squats, deadlifts, really boring, old school, fundamental stuff. If you do it, it works. Uh, so I'll do one strength. On, on Mondays, I do monster lifts. That's uh, that, that was yesterday. So I did um, squats, deadlifts, overhead presses, uh, and I'll do some, some various other exercises that sometimes I'll switch up. Uh, but those are the main ones. And then, you know, another day I'll do pull-ups to failure, but only, you know, like I'll bust out 30 of them and then do another 30 and that's it. It's, it's just kind of getting to that point where you feel like you're, you're a bit spent, but your blood is pumping. You feel energized. That's what it's all about. Uh, so f functional training is a huge part of this. I'm, I'm training big muscle groups. I'm doing old school things where you're pushing or lifting or pulling and increasing your own uh, natural abilities and balance. I also do uh, qigong every morning, which is kind of like tai chi or light yoga where you're aligning your breath with movements of your body. And it, it's basically a moving meditation that can be really energizing and you can do at any age. So I added that in a few years ago and I, I absolutely love it. Uh, and then on top of that, one thing that I, that I do think is really important for your own uh, physical fitness and and well-being is challenging yourself at least once a once a week with some sort of burst training or intensity workout. So uh, I, I call mine the wild workout, where it's just no joke. Twenty seconds on, ten seconds off, like it's a bada. Repeat it ten times. Eleven would be bonus. <laughs> and I do usually do it with burpees or sprints. So that means. Uh, basically 10, 20 to 30 second sprints or, you know, 10, 100 yard sprints across a field or something like that. Um, and, and when you start bumping up against your VO2 max, when you start really challenging your body, that's how you get better. That's how you get faster. And that's how you just stay in great shape when you combine, you know, the low, uh, intensity, just kind of going out for a nice stroll type exercises or a fun run with, uh, very short but very intense things that challenge you to be better uh, and also maintaining your own strength when it comes to being able to, to able to lift things. You know, a lot of people are just like, why would I ever do a squat? Because if you've ever had to like lift up a child and do it with yeah. confidence and, and make sure that you don't get bumped or, or whatever, I mean, there's a lot at stake if you don't have your physical fitness. So part of being human is being strong enough to encounter a lot of different things, go on adventures with your kids or your family. Uh, and, and also do crazy stuff like going out for long hikes and uh, rock climbing or whatever. I think getting out in nature and, and uh, kind of resetting your, your level of stress is very important. Your, your level of comfort and, and what have you. We're way too domesticated. So I challenge us to all be a little bit wilder. I <laughs> oh, love it. Be a little bit wilder. And I love what you said about exercise. Sometimes I can get a little bit nerdy, a little bit geeky which I love, but I also love your perspective, how simple it is. And there's someone right now who probably was like, Ted, the 15 reps for the one month and the, the, the yeah. eight reps and the, the, five, the periodization, 
that wasn't resonating with them, but what you said just did. And now they're going to go do some pull-ups and some squats. And man, I, I love the simplicity. I love hearing from people like yourself who just keep it simple. It's such an important message. And um, man, I'll tell you a, a quick story about the squat and lifting up your kid. I had yeah. a guy who uh, is the CEO of this uh, real estate company. And the guy looked like he was in good shape. He was in his fifth, no, probably in his sixties, yeah. old, older guy. And he looked good. Like he had good muscle tone, but all he did was ride the bike. I guess he was gripping those handlebars tight. Cause you can yeah. see a bit of muscle on his arms, but then he was talking about how he was, he, he likes Porsches and how he was having trouble getting in and out of his Porsche. I asked him huh. to do a squat and he could not do it simply yeah. because he lost that movement pattern. He forgot how to do it. He hadn't done it in a while. It's yeah. so important, but he, he looked awesome. like he was in good shape and he obviously was from all the bike riding in the gym. But like you said, we all need to get a little bit wilder and focus on the fundamentals. Absolutely. And, and, you know, to your point, pyramid training, all these advanced uh, strategies really work, especially if you want to become an elite. If you really want to get good, there are very specific things that you can do and, and in fact should do. But what I realized is that what most people are missing are the, you know, the advice for the common man or woman, which is like, what do you want to do if you just generally want to be healthy uh, for your life and you can't afford someone who's like an elite trainer to keep you honest and give you new programming every, every week. Um, and so it's important to recognize that We've known the answer for quite a long time, you know, the, the exercises that work, which is basically anything that makes you strong <laughs> mm -hmm. or, or anything that makes you breathe a little bit hard. As long as you're moving uh, symmetrically, right, you're moving with correct form, that's, that's really important too. Um, but if you're challenging yourself, that's what keeps you alive. And, and one of the things that was really profound for me is when you start traveling the world and seeing the way that people live in other places, my Lord, you know, you go to... We were in Indonesia and, and, and Peru and Brazil, and when you go there and you see people who are in their 80s and 90s who are you know, sprinting up the hill and going and grabbing water and stuff or like climbing a, a coconut tree, you know, it's amazing <laughs> to see what people can do well on into their golden years, uh, but that's totally alien to most people in America. So like I said at, at the beginning, you want to make sure that you have um, some way, something that kind of like flips that switch in your head that gives you the belief that if you want to be 90 years old and climbing a, a coconut tree, you can do that too. You know, but you need to uh, you need to practice that. That's a that's that is something that only comes from spending a, a lifetime of doing a few minutes of exercises every little day. You know, like those little things that add up over time. Um, that's what most people are missing. I think they want that big silver bullet magic answer that they can do once or take once or, you know, something magical is going to change everything. That little magical thing is by adding a, a habit of one minute of making yourself sweat a day. You know? <laughs> so I try to flip it on its head and make it a lot easier for people just to put into their calendar because uh, that's what it takes and, and stick to it like a flight, you know, like be honest with yourself and uh, help yourself make it uh, possible by making time for it. And, and, and so very practically, I always have to answer long Winded answer to your question, I have my workouts in my calendar that I put in there on a recurring basis. And sometimes I'll, I'll switch it around. I'll, I might do one exercise on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday one week because I was feeling a little sore or, or something like that. But you put it in there, you stick to it, and you will improve uh, in an incredible way over time. There you have it, folks. Simply put, brilliantly stated, Abel, I feel a second episode coming on where <laughs> we talk about your travels, what you learned. You made a, such a great point there. So many of us blame age, yet there's all these examples in in more primitive cultures or, or cultures that are more in touch with uh, our, our wild uh, heritage, our wild ancestry that they're they're doing well up until old age and they're functional and they're not on all the medications and obese mm -hmm. and just playing bridge, uh, eight hours a day, right. you know, um, or watching TV. So man, I would love to have you back. Talk about that. Talk about some success, uh, uh, tips, because I know you're a very successful entrepreneur and a lot of people who listen to this show. So, uh, man, I, I'm already inviting you on, on a second date episode interview. <laughs> 
Thank you, Ted. Thank you. I appreciate that. You have a date. <laughs> I'll be back awesome. anytime. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but for now, we're coming up onto an hour. I, I like to be respectful of your time as well as the listeners. So if uh, people want to find out more about the Fat Burning Man podcast, find out more about you, Abel, and what you recommend and get a little bit deeper into your message and your information, where should they go? Yeah, the easiest place to find me is fatburningman.com, and I have uh, a free newsletter with a bunch of excellent recipes, a, a blog that goes back many years and over uh, 200 interviews with some of the top people in health. So if you like podcasts, which you probably do because you're listening to this right now, come check out Fat Burning Man. Um, but also uh, lots of great recipes. I also have uh, uh, music that you can find, all sorts of goodies at fatburningman.com. And then on social media, Abel James or uh, Fat Burning Man, you can find me as well. Excellent. So fatburningman.com, uh, find Abel on social media. I'll have all of that, including the link to the wild diet in the show notes for this episode and go to Abel's website, go get those, go get those recipes. I know that's what I'm going to do and, and try them out. Start taking this information and putting it into action and Abel, I know we've covered a lot. You've shared so much today, but I'd love for you to share one last thought, some final words to help someone listening right now to start take to start to take control of their health, to start to eat better, to exercise. So the stage is yours. Yeah. Well, if it's if health is something that you've been struggling with for a while or you know you want to lose a few pounds you're not feeling like you have the energy that you used to or you're just not not fit and kind of agile anymore you don't have that that glowing energy then what you're doing right now probably isn't working and you might need to try something new and a little bit different and so a lot of people when they first uh, find find our way of doing things um they're like, well, this all sounded a little bit crazy at first. Like I couldn't believe that I could eat, you know, butter and bacon and, and you know, Abel's cheesecakes and this other stuff and actually get great results. Uh, it, it, but it takes a leap of faith. And after I did it, I've been a loyal listener for, you know, the past few years or whatever. And then they go on and say that their, their health has transformed. You have to go from that place of understanding that whatever you've, you're doing right now, for whatever reason, isn't working. Um, Give, give this a shot, even if it's as simple as rewinding this episode uh, and, and listening to the plate that I described. Remember, mostly veggies, a little bit of protein, highest quality you can find and afford. Don't be afraid of, of whole natural fats and have a little bit of starch, which could be as simple as a sweet potato, a little bit of quinoa or, or rice. But don't go crazy with the carbs and get rid of the processed flours junk and kick out the wheat and that sort of thing. Simple as that. You can do it. You can get great results. Give it a try for just a few days and, uh, and, and come back because we're ready for you whenever you are. <laughs> Excellent, Abel. Powerful final words. Abel James, thank you so much for your wisdom, your information, and most importantly, your time. Right on. Thank you, Ted. What an awesome interview with a great guy. I got to tell you, I spoke with Abel before and after the interview and he is a genuine guy he was the same way before during and after and i love i love experiencing that because i could tell you i could name some names of people you've heard on this show who aren't like that they turn it on hey how's it going then it's like all right that, that was great thanks so he is a genuine guy who's trying to make a difference, who is making a difference in the world with sharing his information. And he didn't have to come on the show. He's been on TV now. So I wanted just to acknowledge him for that. And he also sent me the Wild Diet book. I've got to tell you, you should get it. I tried the Choco Nut cookies and they are tasty. That was the one that he recommended in the book because he did autograph it. I asked people to autograph the books that they uh, send me because I, I just think that's so cool. And he sent me a Swamp Thing CD. It, it was him playing music and I'm a musician too. In fact, I have some songs I'll put up on the podcast sometime so you can hear my band. And uh, I would be interested to hear what you think. So he he's a multi-talented, genuine guy. I got to tell you, I can't wait to have him back on the show. But to get to the takeaways now, because I want to be respectful of your time, number one is 
Becoming fit and healthy can turn your life around. You heard he lost his life, not his life or livelihood, but his his all his possessions in a fire and he hit rock bottom. I mean, he's always, it sounds like he has a smile on his face when he speaks now because life is going pretty well for him. But he's been there and he used health and fitness to turn it around and go check out fatburningman.com and look at his picture. He was a mess. And if you feel like you're maybe a mess, go and uh, check out Abel's blog. Look at that picture for inspiration and see how he's turned his life around. So two is you don't need to follow a complicated diet. Stop making things so freaking complicated. Eat more vegetables. Don't overeat. Eat protein. Uh, you know, have some starch and fruit. It, the more active you are, if you are mostly surfing the couch or behind a computer, then back off on starches and, and fruits. But don't make things so complicated. Go back and li- listen to this episode again. Look at listen to my episode, the ultimate diet for. Uh, you know, building muscle and improving your health because we say the same things. I think Abel does a smoother job of it because he's uh, he's a great communicator, and uh, but he we're we're saying the same things. Diets have more in common with than they do differences, right? Good diets, that is. And third is your health is your responsibility. No matter who gets elected in the U.S. or wherever you are in the world, you have to be responsible for your health. You've got to be proactive with your health. You've got to exercise a few times a week. You've got to move more. You've got to sleep well. And you've got to follow something nutrition-wise like what Abel talked about today or what I've talked about on previous episodes. If you do that, you're going to be you're going, your body is going to function well. And um, last thing I want to say, if you haven't been fit, if you've really been neglecting yourself and neglecting yourself in the health and fitness area arena, then it's going to take some, uh, some time to get back. So be patient. Don't beat yourself up. Just start on the journey and start to tweak. And uh, that's what Abel did. And he was able to lose a bunch of weight and eating good quality foods and tasty foods. And again, go get his diet book, uh, uh, or sorry, his cookbook. It's not even really a diet book. It's got some good diet information in there, but it's got some great recipes. In fact, uh, we've tried several of them. Excellent. So if you love to cook or you want to get started on cooking, that's another reason to go get his book. And he doesn't need me plugging it. It's a fantastic book. It's well-written. The recipes are tasty. I'm saying that because I want you to get better. I want you to take action. And if you do get it and you try it out, let me know what you think. You can email me, ted at legendarylifepodcast.com, and let me know how you thought of it, what you thought of it. That's all I got. Have an awesome week and I will talk to you soon.